0: There's just so much more to hear.
1: Download our podcast at dubaii 1038com
2: Your weekend home for all things sports.
1: This is The Grill on Dubai i
3: 103.8. Live
2: from Barasti,
3: here's Tom Urquhart.
4: Absolute picture down here at Barasti this evening. Yep, yeah, I know there are a few struggles around the globe at the moment, but if you need an antidote for it, I found it. It's Barasti on a Saturday evening. School's out for... Well, an early spring break, and it seems that a lot of sports fans uh, and music fans are heading down to Barasti for what promises to be a cracking evening of entertainment. We're back at our spiritual home. Uh, We have returned after a couple of weeks away at the tennis. Obviously, we will talk tennis a little later on in proceedings. We've got much, much more to get through. There is an early underway in the Premier League, live down in the fan forum, the fan festival, down here at Barasti. All sorts of giveaways are being handed out during the feature games of the course of each Premier League weekend, courtesy of the King down here at Barasti. So make your way down here to be part of the Liverpool match, which is ongoing at the moment. A whole host of games to look forward to in the Premier League, the Championship, and some games over the uh, over in Europe across the course of the next few hours. Equally, keep you up to date with the rugby. Plenty of club rugby to talk about and no shortage of internationals. There are a couple of Six Nations games to be decided. We will talk rugby, we'll talk um, football, we'll talk cricket as well. We'll bring you subs reports on a number of those. Uh, racing down at Maidan, it is the... Um, a curtain raiser, if you like, the dress rehearsal, no less, of the Dubai World Cup. Super Saturday taking place down there. I've just come straight from there, and we will talk about some of the horses that have shone down in Maidan, which is one of a new number of stadiums around the world that have been closed to fans and spectators. We've got golf for you, we've got, uh, uh, we've got all sorts of uh, uh, American sports for you, uh, and much, much more, so if you would like to be part of proceedings, you want to talk sport, get yourself down here to Barasti Head for the rooftop bar garden down here at Barasti. Uh, or if you can't make it out, if you can't get a pink ticket, then do us a favour and send us your thoughts online. 4001 if you're sending a text message. You can download the ARN Play app or, of course, the Dubai Eye app and can have your say online at Dubai Eye, 103.8 FM, at Dubai iSport. This is The Grill, back at Barasti with the game is always
5: on. This is The Grill.
2: Join the conversation. Text 4001 or
5: message us for free on the Dubai Eye app.
4: So, uh, Tom Haker with you through till nine o'clock this evening and alongside me, the Dream Team, uh, we pulled out all the stops uh, on... A beautiful evening down here. Sun just starting to set uh, behind the Blue Waters Island down here on the coast of the Arabian Gulf. We're live from Barasti and alongside me, Mr Chris McCarty. These are the sort of nights, aren't they, McCarty? These are the nights. Perfect weather conditions, some good sport to look forward to. And as you can hear there, a good crowd in at
2: Barasti. Fantastic crowd in. Very good afternoon, Tom. Very good afternoon to the listeners as well. Yes, indeed. It's the reason I wrote myself on for (laughs) nights like this, Tom, because it is a beautiful night down here. And as you say, it always helps when there is... Top class sporting action on the big screen, and that's exactly what we've got. I hate to say it, but Liverpool is the featured match this afternoon down here. They're taking on Bournemouth. I'll give you a scored update in a little moment. And we've got some big games at 7 pm in the English Premier League. It takes you all the way through. There's a belter in the La Liga as well as Barcelona against Real Sociedad from 9:30 this evening and rugby to throw into the mix as well, which means this place will be absolutely teeming a little later this afternoon into the evening.
4: Great to have you with well, us. it is
2: evening now, really. Let's be frank. Five past six. Uh,
4: if not, just so you and I can uh, make all sorts of excuses a little later on to stay out and watch all things rugby and f- other sport, but also uh, the fact that I'm, I'm glad that you're going to bring a little bit of optimism. I'm a bit concerned what's going to come out of the mouth of our co-host this afternoon, this evening, I should say, down here at Barasti. Uh, Mr. Mark Archer, can we, can we we ring that let's ring those bells now shall we start ringing those cathedral bells Mark Archer is here.
2: The doom and gloom of
4: Mark so Archer. Tom
6: Urquhart's. I'm Mr. Positivity himself. I'm down here. It's a stunning evening at Barasti. It's the only place to be in town. If you want to watch your live sports, Liverpool on the big screen at the moment. It's Six Nations rugby, England, Wales, in a couple of hours' time. There's cricket on downstairs, ODI stuff. So plenty to come down and be joyful. Tom, I don't know what the what you're what you're insinuating there, young man. Uh,
4: Mark Archer, what are we looking forward to a little later on? Yeah,
6: let's start with the rugby union. Two Six Nations matches were scheduled for today, but only one will take place uh, with the post postponement of Ireland versus Italy, but 8.45, mark your cards, it's Twickenham, South West London, headquarters itself, England will host Wales, big match for England because a a victory will keep alive their hopes of a third title in five years, Wales on the other hand have lost two consecutive matches, if they lose a third consecutive match it's the first time that's happened since way back in uh, I think 2007, so big match for Eddie Jones and his counterpart Wayne Pivak, the two coaches today. England at Wales, tomorrow of course at Murrayfield, Scotland will host France three matches also in the English Premiership Tom and there's also matches taking place in the southern hemisphere in South Africa in super rugby one day international action from Poches Strom. I can tell you Australia have uh, well South Africa have won the series there they won the first two matches third ODI Australia in their 50 overs have scored 254 for 7 South Africa's reply is underway England's tour of Sri Lanka is also underway over there they're playing a warm up match and then we've got plenty to talk about in golf PGA tour Action underway now. The Players Championship next week. We're only five weeks away from the Masters, so let's get a, a sense check of who play, who, who in the world golf is going to coming into form. And massive match uh, this morning in the NBA. It's the two teams that may be taking place in the finals in a couple of months' time. The Lakers taking on the Bucks. A big game at uh, in La La Land. So plenty to talk about sports-wise, Tom.
4: Yes, all with a big question mark at the end of it. And why? We'll get onto that in a few moments' time. Not though uh, Liverpool fans out there screaming at their uh, radio sets at the moment, saying, will you just give us a score (laughs) update,
2: Chris McCarty? Yeah, 76 minutes on the clock at Anfield. It is Liverpool 2, Bournemouth 1. I've been watching this one from start to the 76th minute. It was Bournemouth that took the lead, a shock lead early on. Some controversy around it. It was Callum Wilson that gave Bournemouth the lead. He's back in form as the England striker. And I tell you what, Gareth Southgate will be delighted about that because with Harry Kane and with Marcus Rashford facing races against the clock to be fit for Euro 2020 of course that is assuming Euro 2020 still goes ahead and more Got than that you as well. in just a moment I hate to do it Mark Archer has had a profound effect on me because he's the doom and gloom he's us what are you doing? with all that nonsense we'll get to that in just a moment but it was Callum Wilson profiting from I think listen I've seen this one I've watched the replay I think Bournemouth were quite lucky to get the lead there was a definite push in the build up it was Callum Wilson on Joe Gomez the referee was having none of it the ball eventually came down the right hand side it was fed into Callum Wilson and it was he that gave Bournemouth the lead Liverpool were stunned at that stage Jurgen Klopp absolutely incandescent on the touchline but Liverpool as we've seen so often so good the front three once again coming to the fore it was Mohamed Salah who levelled things up a real good finish it was a mistake by the substitute Jack Simpson he tried to play out from the back there was no time there was no real uh, opportunity to do that the ball came through to Mo Salah a wonderful little finish into uh, Ramsdale's near post. And then from there, it was another mistake made in the Bournemouth midfield. Virgil van Dijk stepped out from the back. He threaded the ball through to Sadio Mane. He was through on goal. He's never missing in the form that he's in. Opened the body up and just passed it in to the bottom corner. So Liverpool 2, Bournemouth 1. Bournemouth very much in a relegation battle. As things stand, Tom, they're currently 18th. They occupy the final relegation spot. They've been good today, though. They've given Liverpool one or two problems with 12 minutes remaining they're still in this one it's Liverpool 2 Bournemouth 1
4: Liverpool 2 Bournemouth 1 Liverpool uh, going well in the league going well in the uh, in some of the cup competitions certainly over in Europe not so uh, domestically as well a couple of hiccups in the last seven days we will reflect on that a couple of thinking points as well for Jurgen Klopp the master tactician uh, who admitted before this game that he'll be without the services the significant services of his shot stopper Alisson who is out of the Atletico
0: game. Unfortunately, Ali is out. Yeah. Mr. Allison had in training before the Chelsea game. Little incident, we all thought nothing was clear, will not play anyway. The plan was to set his on the bench. And then there we thought, oh, come on, we don't have to take any risk. And so left him out of the squad. Scan the next day, and they found something and um, so now he's out we'll see next week for sure next week yeah next week for sure and then we'll see what, what, what is he
2: doing?
0: muscle Slight, slightly in the hip, in the region in the hip region small muscle you could all do your work still but a professional goalkeeper um, there's a slightly different so that's the situation. It's a mix of all of that. So, of course, um, winning gives you confidence. Losing costs you confidence. That's completely normal. You start thinking about different things. But we—it's how, it's how you said, okay, it's a long while ago. But uh, one uh, one defeat feels like two defeats. It's not a massive difference. So it's um, it's just to how you um, get back on track immediately on the result track, if you want. And um, you can do that only not by hoping that things are now clicking even better than the game before so you have just to work really hard you have to fight back on track that's always like it is it's, it, was, it will never be different and that's what we have to do um, all together on saturday so tomorrow and not even 24 hours um, we have to do that as a unit with our supporters together and yeah just not waiting for the perfect moment just working for a very, very good moment, another good moment, a better moment, a perfect moment, a super moment, whatever, exactly working for that, being perfectly protected. Because the way um, opponents play against is not new, it's not new, they do it, um, I don't know how long it feels like, um, always, but um, it's like they have a, a defensive block and go for counter-attacks and um, use set-pieces, stuff like this, Bournemouth especially, dangerous around set-pieces, always good, they scored around about 50% of their goals from set pieces, so which is quite an impressive number. So we have to be 100% spot on there. We have to to play football. We have to 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 play the way through, to force the way through, to to accelerate, to switch the side, um, use small spaces to create big spaces, and we have to be perfectly protected because of the counter-attacking threat um, with King, Wilson, and Fraser especially. So that's that's a job to do and that would have, wouldn't have been different if we would have won the last few games. Um, so that's the same but just you yeah. we want to fight and that's what we have to show.
4: Blimey. Can you imagine what a press conference would be like with Jürgen Klopp if he was staring relegation in the
2: face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, that, he's a great character. I mean he's just he's been such a breath of fresh air for the Premier League. If you think of what Jose Mourinho was back in 2004 Jürgen Klopp's almost that now. He's the one that all the journalists love. I mean, he's got. I don't want to say an easy ride, but because he is so popular, I do think the journals are a little nicer to him. And listen, when he's giving sound bites like that, I loved it this week as well. Tom, I'm not sure if you heard it. He was asked about the coronavirus, and he said, "What are you doing?" He says, "I'm just a manager in a baseball cap with a with a scruffy beard. Uh, with a scruffy <laughs> beard. Why are you ask?" And it was so articulately put. Say, like, guys, why is my opinion on the coronavirus? Important. I understand why you're asking it because I'm a football manager, but that's exactly why I, what I am. I'm just a football manager. I want to talk football. It's a great answer to a question. It's like I am not qualified to give an opinion on this. I thought it was really good, and despite the fact he's Liverpool manager, I'm a massive fan of Jurgen Klopp.
4: Huge result for Mallorca uh, and for their relegation battle over in Spanish La Liga. Their first away win this season. Ibar leaving it late to pull one back, causing some late drama and frustration. Uh, will be running high as they get dragged back into the relegation dogfight. It has finished 2-1 uh, the way of Mallorca against Ibar over in the first of four games that uh, survive the cull uh, of live football across uh, live sport in fact across Europe at the moment so Mallorca, Eyeball finishing 2-1 to Eibor what's happening in the championship?
2: Yeah I can tell you the early kickoff down at Ashton Gate today it is Bristol City against Fulham two big clubs, two clubs with aspirations of reaching the promised land of the Premier League, 81 minutes on the clock I can tell you Lee Johnson's Bristol City they lead Scott Parker's Fulham by a goal to nil and it's a man who, that has made, well scoring goals in art form, it's Naki Wells, the former Burnley man, went on loan to QPR at the first half of this season and was superb, Bristol City spent an awful lot of money to bring him in this past January, he is the man on the score sheet and it's a big goal as well because what it does mean, for the time being at least, Bristol City moving in to sixth place, that is the final playoff spot for Fulham, well their dreams of automatic promotion back to the Premier League, well they're taking a massive hit as things stand, they will stay in third, crucially though, five points behind Leeds in second, six behind West Brom eh, who topped the table but crucially they'll have played a game more Leeds at home today to Huddersfield Town in an all Yorkshire clash West Brom and Jalby going to the Liberty Stadium they take on Swansea City later today so if that stays the same and eh, both Leeds and West Brom go on and win today Tom then dare I say it dare I say it and I know West Brom fans and Leeds fans won't like me for saying this but I think they're almost home and hosed I really do
4: Concern here for the Bournemouth bench. Uh, Yeah,
2: Philip Billing, it is, who's feeling the lure. I think that's the lower part of his back. He's, he's crippling. He might have to come off here, Philip Billing, who's been good today. I think he flatters to deceive the, the Danish international a little bit, Philip Billing, signed for big money from Huddersfield Town. He's got the lot. He's six foot four. He's a marauding central midfielder. Sometimes, though, the game just bypasses him. He's been good today, though. He played a part in Bournemouth's opening goal. He's been busy. He's tried to close Liverpool down in that central midfield area, but it looks as if Eddie, Eddie Howe so it's Eddie Jones there it's not Eddie Jones it's Eddie Howe the Bournemouth manager it looks as if he will be forced into another change and I've got to say they have been hamstrung by the fact that Steve Cook their linchpin at the central of that Bournemouth defence he went down injured he was replaced by Jack Simpson And in all honesty, Jack Simpson had an absolute torrid for Liverpool's equalising goal. He didn't cover himself in glory positionally for their second goal either. So, yeah, he's been hamstrung a little bit today, has Eddie Howe with injuries. But make no mistake, despite the fact he's got a lot of lovers out there, and I know you're a fan of him as well, Tom, and I am, they are in relegation trouble. They are in an awful lot of pain, despite the fact they've been all right today. It's still another defeat, and it wouldn't surprise me. I think I said it so on, on this show a few weeks back. It wouldn't surprise me if Bournemouth go this season.
4: We're going to hear from Eddie Howe in a minute. It's interesting, um, just doing a bit of research before the... Uh, before What we like to do is like to give you a little sort of soundbite, if we can, from from each of the managers ahead of the games that we're featuring uh, here on the show. And invariably, goes with the territory that it's a manager talking about his own players yeah. or his own team. Interesting, Eddie Howe, midweek. And I'm, I wonder whether this is part of the Liverpool effect, is that when Liverpool come to town or you go up to theirs you can't really talk about your chances in your team and the prospects there.
2: All you end up doing is (laughs) eulogising about all things Liverpool. (laughs) Exactly that, because they have been so good this season, I can understand it, and for Eddie, listen, he would have been a realist, he would have known going up to Anfield, certainly when you look at the last five results, I mean, they, they've, they've made a step forward today, Bournemouth, they've scored against Liverpool, I think if you look at the last five games against them, 3-0, 4-0, 4-0, 3-0, they don't score, yeah. they get hammered more often than not, so the fact that they've given Liverpool a game today, but he's a realist, Liverpool, despite their recent troubles, and when I say troubles, three defeats in their last four, <coughs> they're still a class apart, and at Anfield especially, Always a difficult place to go. It's the old cliche. I don't think even the most optimistic of Bournemouth fans would have been expecting their side to get anything out of today's match.
4: Let's hear from Eddie Howe ahead of the game. Uh, obviously talking about the prospect of playing at Anfield against Liverpool. Uh, but he chose to talk about one player who really, really has impressed him this season and in previous years as well. Here's Howe on Hendo.
7: First and foremost, I think his leadership qualities are, are second to none. I think you can... See, and I'm only an outsider looking at Liverpool, but you can see a, a definite um, passion inside of him, a leadership qualities that every team needs. Certainly something we've been focusing on throughout the last couple of seasons in terms of our voice on the pitch and having leaders that can change games either way, whether you're losing or whether you're winning. So I think that's um, a standout quality of his, and I think his versatility as well. I think he's played deeper, he's played higher. Um, for Liverpool, and I think they're important qualities because he has a unique ability to create and score goals as well.
5: What do you make make of Liverpool? Because they've been relentless all season. And then, I mean, is this sort of blip inevitable over the course of that of that many matches, or do you see something that perhaps has a bit of tiredness creeping, a bit of pressure creeping
7: in? I think it is inevitable during a very very long season. I have to compliment um, Jurgen Klopp, his team, his players, on, on what they've achieved to this point because I think they've been they've been incredible. They've they've played to such a high level every week and the way that they play, the intensity that they play at, it's very difficult to recreate that time after time after time. Um, but they have, they've also come back from losing positions and, and got valuable points from difficult situations. So the character of their group looks very strong. Um, and that's why we know this is probably the ultimate test this season. This game for us is probably the hardest one we will face. Um, That's why we've got to certainly rise to it and embrace it and attack it from our perspective. Unbelievable
4: goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on at both ends down at Anfield. Drama, late drama in this game. Chris McCarty.
2: How on earth are Bournemouth not level? I do not know. Nathan Aki it is. What he's doing up there, he's got a nosebleed. The Dutch central defender for Bournemouth. It is he that is up the other end of the field. He's clean through. He squares it to Callum Wilson, the perfect player. If you could pick a Bournemouth player to be on the end of a square pass, open net, Adrian nowhere, you'd pick Callum Wilson. He takes a touch what is he doing taking a touch? That gives the Liverpool defenders time to get around on the cover. They block it, the danger passes. But, oh, Callum Wilson, that could prove to be a monumental moment. And I, I could be accused here of hyperbole, but it genuinely could. Because if he touched that away and Bournemouth come away with Anfield with a point, you never know at the end of the season, that could be an invaluable point. As it is, Liverpool still lead 2-1. Oi, oi, oi! how he has missed that. <laughs> Oh, I could have scored that. You could, Mark Archer could have scored that. No, 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 no. Let's not get that is hyperbole.
4: Have. That is hyperbole with a capital okay, H.
2: Okay, fine. You could have.
4: Uh, right, let's get over to Mark Archer, who's waiting patiently to bring us up to date with the Gallagher Premiership and Super Rugby.
6: Yeah, both those are, are taking place as we speak. But let's uh, just mark your cards for this evening. Eight forty-five, Twickenham headquarters, Southwest London, England. We'll take on wales it's one of uh two matches that were scheduled today one postponement ireland italy will not take place but england wales is where all the focus is in the northern hemisphere this evening should be a cracker of a match that and uh i'll give you a couple of scores from the english premiership already relegated saracens are trailing uh at home to leicester tigers 13 points to seven And then in Super Rugby, wins earlier today for the Blues, who travelled down to Wellington and beat the Hurricanes 24 points to 15. The Melbourne Rebels had a good win at home against the Lions, 37 points to 17. And a score update from Durban in the Shark Tank. The Sharks lead the Haguaris 33 points to 12.
4: Thanks so much indeed for that one. Let's talk about uh, the Six Nations if we can for a moment because that sort of leads into the wider conversation we want to have about sports. Uh, events being uh, cancelled. Let's cross over to Chris McCarty. Quickly. Sorry,
2: Ashton Geek. Equaliser for Fulham. Big goal this. Bristol City won. Fulham won. And it is the Scottish international Tom Kearney. I'm not sure why he doesn't get a look in under Steve Clark a Scotland national team boss. But Tom Kearney has levelled things up. The former Blackburn man. 84th minute. We're into it on time down at Ashton Gate. It is Bristol City 1, Fulham 1. What does that mean for the promotion battle? Well, what it does do, it keeps Fulham third, albeit four points behind Leeds in second. Played a game more for Bristol City. Oh, that's a painful goal because that now drops them out of the playoff picture. They're currently seventh. They're uh, one point behind Preston North End, who, of course, have that game in hand. One apiece into stoppage time. Sorry, Tom.
4: Cheers, Nad. No, not at all. <laughs> Let's get over to. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, Arch, about Six Nations. Yeah, we're up for England against Wales but six nations has lost a little bit of its gloss in recent weeks no through, through no fault of its own but because of the battle with coronavirus because of covid-19 the postponement uh, of games and let's be honest i mean we're not going to see these games played anytime soon are we
6: no we always talk about how packed the rugby schedule is and the call for a global season and how the club and versus country how they play mat- matches in europe through to almost end of may june and then those internationals take place, it's going to be really, really difficult to find the weekends to replace uh, some of these matches that are being postponed. O- obviously, we can talk about the, the big troubles that are obviously happening in, in northern Italy and even down to Rome now, with, with football matches being played behind closed doors. But we've seen the cancellation of Ireland, Italy tomorrow in, in Ireland because they don't want the Italian fans to come. And then Italy versus England, I think, next weekend has also been now postponed. Yeah. I have no idea, and we'll listen to some um, sound bites later on but with experts saying they're not sure when they can fit this into the schedule. Yeah. It, has, it has happened a, a number of years ago, I think it was either with foot and mouth foot disease, and mouth, yeah. and they replayed it almost six months, one match six months later. I think it was England Ireland back in 2003. So there is president, but the the rugby schedule is just so packed. I just don't know what's going to give but, to try and find ways to have these matches. And but you know,
4: you know what I mean by the, It sort of takes a bit of the gloss away because what are England and Wales playing for now? Because it's I mean, look, if France win their game tomorrow, is it?
6: Yeah, France are at uh, Murrayfield tomorrow, which then, uh,
4: they win. The, they, they win the Six Nations,
6: correct? Well They would have won four matches. Are uh, three from three? That'll be four from four. So I, I don't think it's all mathematically done. No. Because they they can England have only lost the one, haven't they? Yeah, to France. Front. So England still have a chance. But England now aren't going to play that match against uh, Italy. So, so that's, that's gonna... what I mean.
4: The permutations. It's <laughs> like, well, who's going to finish where? Doesn't really matter. So th- therefore, do you have to look at it as just sort of standalone internationals I mean, nothing's going to be taken away from England against Wales because the own enmity between the two teams. But in the sort of wider picture of what that means for their Six Nations campaign
2: well I read today October is the month that they're looking at particularly to, to maybe get those matches happening for France listen they will take it France will, will say we are Six Nations They, you know it's not a it's not a free hit given the fact that <laughs> they're troubles given what we know France yeah. they'll be a completely different team by October exactly that <laughs> so I mean it, it, listen this this coronavirus its wreaking havoc all across the globe and I'm sure we'll delve into it in a little, lot more detail but from what I'm reading is they are looking at a couple of dates in October to finish this up so we've got the ludicrous uh, you know prospect of a Six Nations winner not actually being declared yeah. until October. Nonsense,
4: absolute nonsense but uh, just on that sort of wider point Arch and let's not be too negative but you've been sort of looking at the schedule ahead and you've been putting your, your, your reasoned head onto proceedings. Given what we're seeing at the moment, the initial knee-jerk reactions and prevention causes to, uh, to, to prevent the spread of, um, do you worry about bigger tournaments? Yeah, get I mean, get I, ready
2: for this, Tom, get no, ready. Uh, look, you've I, it in
6: the car already. I've heard <laughs> it already, get ready. I was with Mr McCarty yesterday afternoon and we were sort of uh, debating what, what may or may not happen and of course Chris has got all sorts of tickets booked in for his summer's football yeah. uh, plans uh, mainly around the Euros can't wait uh, to go out for lunch with you man <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 my, my thought at the moment is looking at the global calendar of events and you've got uh, an Olympic Games in, in August in um, Japan and Tokyo we've got uh, Euro Championships played amongst multiple countries in yeah, Europe in problem. June it's so, it's not, so it's not in one venue it's in multiple venues we've We've seen um, things happen, I mean this 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 has exploded in the last two weeks and we only know what we know. So I'm presuming it's a lot bigger than what we actually feel because of the incubation periods. Again, we're not experts in what's happening here, but my <laughs> my looking at this from a global perspective is that every event, sports and entertainment will have this will affect everything globally in the next six months minimum. It's just going to have some sort of cause and effect, whether we be a postponement, whether we play matches behind closed doors, whether we cancel matches, whether we cancel leagues. If you look what's happened the last two weeks in Italy alone, they're now playing uh, their football matches behind closed doors. Some of
2: them are even being postponed.
6: And some of them are being postponed. That's just the start. We've j- this has just started. So once we see... We've just seen it go into North America, and we've seen um, several deaths now, unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, in North America. We know what's happening in Asia, where this started and the explosion in Asia. You look at something like the Olympics, you can't make a late decision on the Olympics um, whether it's going to happen, whether it's going to be postponed, whether you're going to change it. They'll kind of have, they're saying they don't have a Plan B at the moment, but (laughs) Plan B is difficult when you've got a global sporting calendar based around an event like the Olympics. It fits into August for various reasons, commercially, practically, qualifications go for that, there's, not there's, only
4: that, you train for
2: a date, don't you? Yeah, in the Olympics, exactly, whatever yeah. discipline you're looking yeah. to peak at a certain yeah. time.
6: And so the ramifications globally in, in in sports and entertainment and in every every walk of life. And we all work in the events business and the events industry here in, in well, the region. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah, it, it's going to change. It's going to change the landscape dramatically in the next six months. It, 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 there's just a, I don't think there's any escaping that. How how drastic it's going to change. Let's hope it's not. But I just think this is just the very, very start of, of, of things that are going to change. And you talked about it being a knee-jerk reaction. I don't think it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's it's a reaction to maybe a late reaction to to a circumstance that unfortunately now has got out of control and out of hand. And how, how that's contained, we see all the travel restrictions What's happened in the last week within the region. We've seen in one week we've gone from nursery school stopping to school stopping. Universities. What's next? Yeah. Universities. We've seen, I think, matches locally in the, in the pro league going behind closed, closed doors. Yeah. That's just, again, it's just the start. It's just the start of what the change is going to be. Let's not
4: dwell too much on on sort of the wider picture. Let's just try and focus on the sporting calendar if we can, because I think we're all monitoring the situation here in our day-to-day lives and how it's going to affect our lives here. Uh, But in terms of sport in general, I think there is a major concern because... What is the biggest concern with this virus? It is the con- the congregation of people. It's traveling. a public. It's p- people travelling, coming together, and being in an arena yeah.
2: together. That's sport, basically. Uh, that that's exactly it, Tom. And that is why I think because a lot of people, and certainly the conversation I've had, one or two have said, "Bit extreme, is it not?" But no, because they want to nip it in the bud now. And I think a lot, and I know the IOC have said May's the big month. You know, what are we? We're at the start of March. May is the month with which we've got two months between that now and then. We've got eight weeks to get this under control. May is the month where the IOC will make a decision on the Olympic Games, which is July and August, and I think that is where we're currently at. I don't want to make knee-jerk. That's why I say to Mark Archer, calm down. Euros is June and July. The Olympics is July and August. The next two months are absolutely vital. That is why governments around the world, including our own right here in the UAE, yes, you may think oh, it's a bit extreme, but it's to get it, to nip it in the bud now, so that this does not have an effect three, four, five months down the line because the other thing that we're missing the point here is economies economically yeah. this is an absolute disaster around the world so we need to get a handle on this and I would sit here today call me an optimist you could also call me naive I would still be staggered if Euro 2020 if the Olympic Games do not go ahead why? because there's too many moving parts and if it doesn't go ahead either of those then my goodness the issue is far bigger than what I think we all believe it is to be right now. That's what that's my tuppence worth, anyway. Yeah,
4: and I think that's why. I mean, it makes sense, does it not, Mark Archer, as a man who's worked in in the sports industry for what the last. Four decades. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it, it, you, you obviously you don't want to take those big decisions, but we're seeing you know China are making cancellations a long way in advance. I mean their Grand Prix was one of the first yeah. events to go. That's not till April, and this what that decision was taken several weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested as well, and again not wanting to be too much in the Mark Archer naysay camp, but uh, the, the, the Formula One are talking a very confident game at the moment, but. Given the sort of global nature of the concerns, all of a sudden, and given the moving parts of the Formula One season, the road circuit as well, will we see more races postponed to different parts of the year, or can
6: And here's and here's the thing about about this. I, I think every sporting organisation has to remain optimistic and and have to be doing their due diligence. The decision will be taken out of their hands. It, it, governments will make yeah. decisions about this. It will be taken out of the hands of the IOC. It'll be it'll be the it'll be the, the, the Tokyo the, the Japanese government that will make actually make the decision. And it's the same with 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 countries. It'll be it'll be government decisions acting in the best interests of their citizens and and, and trying to contain it because the impact you talk about the impact economically, the impact socially and econo- and, and 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 culturally or, or with with citizens. Is where 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 the health problems are, are going to be, and you, you've got to look after the best interests of, of of the people, and that's what governments will end up having to take it out of the out of the hands of the sporting bodies.
2: They won't make those decisions lightly, because as we all know, the money makes the world go round. So if the as I say, I go back to it, if these decisions are made, then wow, in in peacetime circumstances, which we're currently in, in peacetime, it would be the biggest. Biggest thing in my lifetime. then. see an Olympic Games cancelled, postponed. To see a Euros, the one celebration of all different countries. And I appreciate Italy is one of the countries hosting games. So unless they can get a hold of that. And again, they've got a lot of time. They've got two, three months to get a handle of it and start putting things in place. And, and Mark Archer's within his right. And, and listen, he's done his research to say it's a six months issue here. It's not going to be cleared up in the next month or two. Uh, but I just, I, I just would be staggered, staggered. If the countries around the globe can't get a handle on this whereby we are cancelling major, major events where there are so many moving parts, so much money involved in it all, and of course it's then a nightmare for the fans, I mean, well, I've spent a blooming fortune.
4: Yeah, and insur- I mean, yeah, and probably the, the insurance and the reading of the insurance... Uh, alongside that is going to be an Don't interesting one. Don't you worry, one. the small print has yeah, been read. small print has been read on that. Uh, but uh, also from a sponsorship point of view, I mean, I was thinking about it midweek when we had the announcement of the Joshua uh, fight at the... June 20th, Tottenham 20th against Stadium. Pulev. Yeah,
2: Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And that
4: must have been a different one to get across the line yeah. in terms of signing off because...
2: Again, uh, again, I think it's... They're being told, or at least I think anyway, two months, we've got two months to get a handle of this and and let's make the announcement, let's look at the positives, let's be positive and on the front foot with things like this because, gee, if we're sitting here now saying it's going to take six months, I think we've got to start saying, listen, let's boot things in place, let's be positive and let's try and find solutions to the problems around the world. Because if we sit here today and say, oh, six months, all doom and gloom, then Where does the economy, where does the world go? So in Eddie Hearn's case, I'm sure he's going, June 20th, my fighters, or I say my fighters, my fighter and Anthony Joshua, Pulev as well, they'll get themselves in shape. We cannot control the future if two months down the line, the powers that be turn around and say, listen, this coronavirus, we're not not getting a handle on this. You're going to have to cancel it. So be it. But Eddie Hearn's got a plan for best case scenario. And best case scenario is this dies down in the next few weeks, couple of months. They get a handle on it
6: and big fights and big sport Events can go ahead. It was interesting uh, again. I was, I was chatting with Chris yesterday, and I said, "Look, what happens...
4: with or just chatting out?" Because it sounds like it was no, a we very were one having a uh,
6: we were definitely um, putting putting the world at ease, where we yeah, yesterday afternoon? The world right, yeah. Taking For your a... antiviruses as well, yeah, were you? yeah exactly. <laughs> just trying to make sure we were ahead of the game, Tom. And uh, I said, to, "I said to Chris, look, if if this situation does deteriorate dramatically in somewhere like the United Kingdom, what are they going to do with the Premier League?" And he says that the Premier League. Well, the crowds will still be there. They'll still. And I said, Chris, like, no, it won't. They'll, they're going to have to find solutions if, if 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 crowd if crowd gatherings are going to happen and something if the situation worsens in places like London where we have and, and, and Manchester where we have big populations coming together and we, there's public transport and there's and there's fifty thousand sixty thousand fans gathering with international people coming in for these matches as well. Something he'll have to give, and it'll be really interesting to see whether they. What are the next steps? Do you do like they do in Italy? Will they go behind closed doors? Because sport uh, isn't yeah. sport isn't sport behind closed doors. So it's an interesting a bit of news. Uh, we speak to LeBron James about. He, he said this morning. He says he won't play in front. If there's no crowd, he won't play. He said, he really said, he said, he said, I play for the crowd, I play for my teammates, I play for the crowd. If the crowd's not there, I'm not going to play. So we'll we hear that bit of soundbite later on. This is LeBron James wow. coming out. But maybe it's a bit naive and a bit too early to be saying that, but he was asked the question directly from a, from, from, from a journalist. But what are the steps that they will take? So we'll see what's happened in Italy now, pretty much the postponement or the playing behind closed doors. The next step on from that is actually just shutting the league down, right? For the for the rest of the year, and there's all sorts of commercial and, and Don't social implications.
4: Because there are about uh, 40 uh, Liverpool fans down there <laughs> listening in at the moment. Well, that would be a
6: tragedy, wouldn't it? I said to the I speaking to Chris all yesterday. Yeah, let's shut the Premier it. League down. Let's call, it, let's call it null and void, and let's start again next year. Both I mean, being mentioned. I, mean, I mean, Preston
4: has been sent here. Chris touched on it a little bit earlier on. I did a, a, an empty stadium uh, commentary on Thursday night. I was down at the Al wassel for Al-Wassel against Al Dafra, um, and. You know, there were a handful of people there. I mean, I I know we've struggled with with crowds, but still 500, 600, a couple of thousand can make a huge amount of noise in an arena like that when you've got an empty stadium. I've literally just come from Maidan, Maidan Racecourse. uh, Super Saturday today, empty stadiums. You know, no fans in there at all. Very weird when you've got some of the best thoroughbreds in the world charging down those final couple of furlongs, coming across the finish line.
2: Yeah.
6: There it's a go. bit surreal almost, it isn't is. it? But, but equally,
2: uh, and this is the reason why I kind of rail against it a little bit, and, and God forbid, but Euros, let's say the Euros, might have to be played cl- behind closed doors. And the reason I say that is it's their jobs. That's their jobs. They're not talking about shutting offices, not yet anyway, not shutting down industry. That's their job. If you have to play behind closed doors, 22 guys, the coaching staff and a couple of TV cameramen, etc., then so be it. Yes, okay, the fans miss out, yes, there is huge finance that they miss out as well, but it needs to go ahead. I've just been past sport isn't anything without fans. I get that, but equally, it still needs to go ahead. You cannot be that's the cancelling leads to then carry them over. You, you just can't. Just
4: from a commercial point of view, yeah, I, I, I think anyone would agree with that. And, and if you can, if fans can get there, then that would be, there would be a travesty if you didn't have fans watching your games because there wouldn't be the atmosphere, etc. But if fans are prevented from entering a stadium, Do you therefore go, okay for the 40,000 that we're going to turn up today, we're not going to play, or for the 2 billion watching Watching. in and around the world, the 2 billion and the 40,000 that we're going to be here who still want part of it?
2: So... You, you, you've got to. your TV audience becomes even more important 100% tom and that's what i come down to and, and these will be conversations that will be had behind closed doors the, the powers that be at the ioc the powers that be at the italian football federation etc these are conversations that need to be had sport is cyclical right they, they 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 fall into for example the premier league august through may you start postponing and these have to be ca- caught up later in a year it it has ramifications that uh, the likes of which we have never ever been in a position where we've had to discuss it before that's why i think it's a place of work yes sport isn't anything without fans completely agree i agree with that assertion but these are times right now these are times that we've never had before therefore the sport needs to go ahead and fans not in stadium it's a case of sitting on your sofa Unwatching on the television. And it's funny
6: you talked about uh, Jurgen Klopp's sort of response to the questions reg- regarding the coronavirus next, last week. And he said, oh, "Look, I'm a football coach, and you don't ask me that." So some of the some of the players that have being briefed about it, teams are in camps. They come from different clubs. They travel around the world. It's all been coming out in the last sort of 24 hours. So even take looking at the Six Nations game tonight Eddie Jones um, was asked the question, he refuses, he doesn't want to answer about it, um, about what he said this is what he said about the match and then he was asked questions about the virus which he actually refused to answer questions about, this is Eddie Jones
3: Yeah well it's massive news, uh, us playing Wales on Saturday, massive because it's going to be an unbelievable game of rugby you know, they're a well coached team we know they, they've, got, they've lost their last two so they're going to come hard at us and that's the only thing we can talk about guys the only thing we've got to worry about is playing Wales on Saturday. That's the only thing we have to worry about. And we don't think any other way. As I said, the, o- the only thing I want to talk about is Wales on Saturday because that's the only thing that concerns us. So I'm sorry, sorry to disappoint you.
6: That that was Eddie Jones talking about questions directed to him about about the virus. Uh, Maro Itoje also was addressed in the last couple of days about what the players are doing. Are they doing handshakes? What are you what, what's happening in the camp? That's what Maro Itoje had to say when, when asked about the match against Wales and also what the team's doing around regarding coronavirus. There's a big
5: emphasis on you know self hygiene, um, washing your hands as regularly as possible. There's loads of disinfect disinfectant around. Uh, making sure we're clean, and um, making sure that if we do have any any like little bugs or whatever, we don't we don't spread it to our to our teammates. Um, when I was in school, they used to tell me catch it, bin it, kill it, uh, and I think that still applies here.
7: Still shaking hands though. That's
5: Uh We're still shaking hands as of yet. Um, we haven't done any elbow handshake or any foot handshake yet. I've seen a, quite a few people have have done that so far, but we still, we still. I think we're still safe and shaking each other's hand.
6: So we're still safe, uh, safe shaking people's hands. So that's a, that's the view from the rugby world. Now, the, we know that the, the, the virus has only come and had some impact in the US and a, a bit later now. But massive match today, earlier stateside with the two top teams in the NBA. They went head-to-head in La, La Land. It was a, potentially a preview of the NBA finals. The best two teams, the two heavyweight contenders, the Lakers in the West taking on the Bucks in the East. Just to give you the result of this match, the Lakers clinched a playoff berth by defeating the Bucks 113-103. to 103. After the match, LeBron James, who had 37 points, 8 boards, 8 assists, for a 35-year-old after 17 seasons in the, in the season, is phenomenal. Amazing. He was asked about the match, but listen to the second half of the question when he was asked directly by reporters about playing in empty stadiums. So let's just have a quick listen to LeBron, recapping on the match, then also discussing the coronavirus.
4: LeBron James with a game-high 37 points. He's speaking with Mike in the locker room.
1: LeBron, April Bradley was saying he felt the tone change for the team the second quarter when you picked up Giannis and just wondering what your mindset was and how you thought they could push forward. Well, I mean, uh, uh, my sidekick right here, he uh, picked up a couple of early fouls and you it was my uh, my opportunity to just take the challenge and um, you know, I didn't want him to get another one, um, even though he ended up getting another one anyways. <laughs> uh, but I'm uh, just taking the challenge, man, and um, taking responsibility defensive end and uh you know that's what it all came down to we know you have the point guard role on the team now and you're leading the league in assists but the team is now 20 and know when you score at least 30 is there anything about just being aggressive and how you've seen that filter out in different games no it's just uh you know so it's all just predicated on how the defense guard me or what i see throughout the course of the game i don't never predetermine what i'm gonna do um take the gaps when they're there um you know if i get a double team uh you know, try to find the right man, and I turn the ball over, and uh, kind of read and react. Is there anything that you guys take away from this, just given how well Milwaukee's played throughout the season? Uh, anything that you might learn that, that you didn't know already at this point of the season? Uh, we learn uh, from every game that we've played this year, both wins and losses. You got to have a growth mindset, and you got to be able to uh, grow in losses and be able to grow in wins as well. I see things that you could have done better, things that you did well, and you can apply it to the next game and things of that nature. So, it's always a growth mindset for our brother.
7: Apparently, the possibility has arisen. Of- Playing games, playing NBA games without fans in the arena, just to be safe because of coronavirus. Have you thought about what that might be like? Who? Or who? What?
1: Who? Who? What? We play games without the fans. Yeah, like no. it's impossible. I ain't
7: playing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I ain't got the fans in the crowd. That's what I play for. I'm Play for my teammates. Play for. I play for the fans. That's what it's all about. So if I show up to a an arena and ain't no fans in there, I ain't playing. So. They can do what they want to do.
4: What if we pay you $180 million a year,
2: LeBron? Would you fancy playing then or not? I didn't like that. No, I didn't like that at all.
6: I don't think he's probably got a full grasp no, of the situation. No, that's how and I read been, that. And, and he's been a little bit blindsided in the press conference uh, yeah. and, and probably exactly taking a little right. bit out do of you context.
4: Think the, do you think that picture, in that picture, if we saw the visuals, there'd be like a team communications manager with his head in his hand <laughs> next to him going, what are you
2: doing? What are you doing? Yeah, massively. I think LeBron's come off that stage and someone's went, yeah, I'm sorry, LeBron. <laughs> I should have briefed you coronavirus. It's Yeah, absolutely. I mean...
4: Interesting to hear different uh, from different sports. We heard from rugby, we heard from uh, basketball. There. What about the uh, football? Their reaction to the spread of the virus and the risk that that has. In fact, Eddie Howe was asked about this uh, in the build-up to the game against Liverpool this afternoon. Uh, the prospect—it's been talked about, albeit with hushed tones at the moment. Little whispers doing the rounds. Could we see the end of the 2019-2020 season played behind closed doors? And what were the thoughts of Eddie Howe on that?
7: Back the Premier League and the guidelines they've given us. I, I don't think I want to get too technical on that side of things. But, yeah, of course, players will be coming up against each other. It is a physical game. So, um, But, yeah, I think you have to back the protocols in place. And you've got... Obviously, we had to sign the
5: forms as, as we came in here. H- has it impacted, in terms of your build-up and preparation for a game, the fact that I, I understand that there's been... Uh, restricted access for people non-essential staff and so on coming down to the has it in any way impacted on, on the way you prepare for a game
7: no absolutely not no, no no impact on us yes there's been measures put in place to stop the flow of people in and around the training ground and the stadium but um, that doesn't impact how we prepare for the match
5: are you thinking at all about um, the possibility of playing behind closed doors and and you know What do you think about that idea, just in terms of making sure that the fixtures are fulfilled that perhaps finishing the rest of the season if it comes to the worst of playing matches behind closed doors?
7: I think at this moment in time there's no point focusing on that. I think time will tell what happens in the future. I think um, playing behind closed doors would certainly be um, not the preferred option for anyone connected in the world of football because the game is all about the atmosphere created by the, the supporters. But there's no point thinking about that at this moment. My only focus is on tomorrow's game against Liverpool.
4: This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Keep thoughts coming in, 4001. Zero zero Thanks so much indeed to all of you for your thoughts and comments uh, on the show so far today. As I said, keep your thoughts and opinions coming through to us, and we'll do all we can to get them read out for you, if we can make them big enough, that is. Uh, <laughs> Euros, Olympics, 100% will be moved to 2021. You heard it here first. That is from Mark Bisonborn. Mark, apologies if you didn't want me to read out your
2: name, but it popped up on the uh,
4: text message. I thought you were going to read
6: out my name then.
2: <laughs> Mark is a is a absolute disciplined listener. He's a loyal listener of Dubai 103.8. And, uh, you heard it here first. Wow! Moving what do you know, Mark? What do you know? Who you been talking to? Moving them to a year. I mean, you said it yesterday. Changes the World Championships from an athletic standpoint. It has enormous. We well, think even things. from a
6: football perspective, to move the Euros a year, then you're moving into World Cup qualifying yeah. times. So then, when do you do a World Cup qualifying for, for for a World Cup? I mean, the whole global sporting ecosystem will Gets be thrown out of sync. Eh? Exactly.
4: And Mark yeah. Archer is just licking his lips. Go! Ha, 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 ha. He's got the CV under so. think. Uh, right let's get back to the football why because we're 10 minutes away from the 7 o'clock kickers on the Premier League great crowd down here at Brasti come on down please Uh, beautiful weather this evening Uh, the scene is set fair yeah I know there's a bit of doom and gloom around but we are here to counteract that with sport sport brings people together it brings us all positive something to look forward to weekend after weekend and this weekend is completely the same let's just start with the first um, uh, breaking news out of the Premier League today Liverpool three wins away Don't from the Premier it. League title after their victory a little earlier on
2: uh, so it's getting ever closer can they do it can they do it can they do it they will I hate to say it but they will they are 25 points clear I mean it's extraordinary it really is putting my allegiance to Manchester United to one side and being a proper journalist and a proper broadcaster it's extraordinary what Liverpool have done this season take nothing away from them 27 wins from 29 matches just the one draw just the one defeat of course this season and 25 points, 82 points they've moved on to, why? Well they were successful today, a 2-1 win over Bournemouth a come from behind victory for Jurgen Klopp's men, it was Callum Wilson that gave Bournemouth the lead early on in that first half, just nine minutes on the clock, it was controversial as well Callum Wilson, the England striker, pushing Joe Gomez, no doubt in my mind he pushed Joe Gomez, referee having none of it, VAR having none of it, eventually the ball was played across the goal, Callum Wilson easiest task to sweep the ball home, the lead didn't last long in actual fact. It only lasted 15 minutes or so because Mohamed Salah, it was he that profited from a bad mistake, a real bad mistake by the substitute Jack Simpson. Tried to play out from the back. None of it. You should have just launched it. Rose Ed, get it up the park. Route 1, all that nonsense. He didn't. He tried to play out the back. Sadio Mane picked his pocket, played in Mohamed Salah. Poor first time. It was actually a poor pass. Mohamed Salah, though, always, always excellent in in and around the penalty box he reversed it through the legs of the defender into the bottom corner and then just eight minutes later Sadio Mane again it was a mistake by Bournemouth Virgil van Dijk it was who pounced on it in the midfield area, slide through ball into the path of Sadio Mane he had all the time in the world, one touch two touch, he looked up, he opens up his body and then just curls a beautiful effort into the bottom corner, there were chances in that second half for both teams, the best of which fell in actual fact, the way of Bournemouth, Callum Wilson, how on earth he didn't level things up late on it was an open goal, he took a touch that gave the Liverpool defenders chance to get around on the cover, they eventually cleared it and it was a big, big three point from Liverpool. They are three matches away. Coronavirus, of course, as long as it doesn't shut down the season, they are three matches away from winning a first league title. This is where it sticks in the throat a little bit, Tom. Since 1990.
4: Let me jump in there and talk about football that is definitely confirmed, is definitely on. And we're just a few moments away. Let's jump into some of the team news. Uh, Mark Archer has been benched from reading out the team news uh, after recent performances. <laughs> he fa- failed a late fitness test on this one. In fact, it was a late pronunciation test isn't it? <laughs> It's a new oh. test that's been brought in the build-up to games.
2: Oh, I tell you what, I'll find a club and let's we'll get on our eleven.
4: To, let's go down uh, to Highbury if we were ever Highbury. going to Highbury. Yeah. Highbury,
6: <laughs> you're and you're I'm bad. <laughs> Highbury, <laughs> that was 15 years ago.
4: I've been listening to that oh, 90s oh. podcast that's got into my head. Oh. Now we're off to the Emirates Stadium, I jest, uh, <laughs> where Arsenal are taking on West Ham. Uh, massive game, certainly for the visitors here. Uh, massive game uh, for the home team as well in many ways, and a massive game as well for a debutant, making his debut in the Premier League for Arsenal. Chris McCartney. Yeah,
2: let's start with the Arsenal starting 11. Mikel Arteta, they're unbeaten in the league in 2020 on Arsenal. Bernd Leno, he's started starts in goals, it's a back four of Socrates, David Luiz, Pablo Mari, who's come in, the former Villarreal man, he's come in from Brazilian football, he starts alongside, so it's the two Brazilians at centre half, the left back, I'm a big fan of Baki Osaka. he looks to be a real talent, he is very much a gem for Mikel Arteta, the midfield two, Danny Sabalos and Granit Xhaka, then the exciting attacking three, Nicolas Pepe, £72 million, just signs in recent weeks that he is starting to live up to that price tag, is it Ozil and Pierre-Emmick uh, Aubameyang who is without question Arsenal's top man and then it is Eddie Nikitia up top for Arsenal. As for West Ham, big game this for David Moyes, make no mistake about it, West Ham very much still in this relegation battle. It's a former gunner in goals, it's Lucas Fabianski. It's a back four debut, I believe, for the right back, Jeremy Nigiatia. Which uh, I think is it's Nga. It's one of those ones. Ngaia uh, is his name. Isad Diop, uh, uh, Angelo Ogbona, and Aaron Cresswell, Declan Rice, and Mark Noble. They provide the kind of the the, the protection to the back four, if you will. Jared Bowen. The man that they signed for big money in January from Hull City, huge fan of Jared Bowen. I think, and I hate to say it, Tom, I think in actual fact he'll go on to bigger and better things than West Ham. Pablo Fornals and Mikel Antonio. And then up front, it's the big Frenchman, Sebastian Haller. He'll be the focal point. He'll be the man that West Ham will look to get the ball up to, and then he'll look to bring other players into the game. Should be a good game this, a fancy Arsenal. But I do think West Ham will score today, I really do. So
4: this time last week, there we are, down at the tennis, uh, myself, uh, Robbie and Mr Paul Espy uh, talking about this West Ham game against uh, Southampton last week, uh, doing a lot of the build-up. We heard from uh, David Moyes before the game saying, look, I just don't want to talk about Jarrah Byrne because we haven't brought him in to save us from the Premier League. Uh, no one, <laughs> All the fans just need to be patient with him as that clip is playing. As that clip is playing, guess what happens? (laughs) Gerard Bowen scores that goal. He's a West Ham fan. It's a dream move for him. His family were in uh, in the crowd watching on. Scores within the first five minutes of the game. And as you will hear now, he said, well, that's basically the dream he had the night before. I like this.
2: Home debut, a goal within 15 minutes and the
5: win. Doesn't really get much better than that, does it? No, I think that's the way it went in my dreams last night. Um, I had a chance, I think it was five minutes before, it just got stuck under my feet. Maybe it was a bit of you know, excitement a bit too much. Um, then the second one came and it was kind of similar to the one against Liverpool the other night. I just dinked it over him and luckily today it went in and we held on and got um, the three points, which is really important. Just talk
2: us through that goal. It's a lovely ball through from Pablo Fornals and a great finish over the goalkeeper.
5: Yeah, well... Um, the assistant manager before we watched some of the keeper, um, and he said he likes to go down quickly. So I kind of, when I was through, I kind of knew that the angle was tight and uh, the defender was probably slide Um So I just didn't got enough on it to dink it over him, and when it hit the back of the net, but I thought it might get ruled out for offside. I joked to my dad last night saying, "What if I score and it's, you know, ruled out?" But luckily, I watched it on the big screen and I asked the referee, and he said, "No, it's a, it's all good." So that was I was
2: buzzing. When you did come off, maybe through a little bit of time, this is a very quick paced game today, you saw you got standing ovation from all supporters but also all of your teammates were lining up to give you a high five. The work that you put in, is that something that you'll bring to the team as well? That's something that they can appreciate?
5: Yeah, I think uh, hard work is a given. Um, I'll always put 110% in and you know, maybe the game caught up with me a bit towards the end. Um, I haven't played, you know, started the game for, for a while now. I've been, been waiting, but you know, it was you know, to get the recognition from my teammates as well and obviously the fans as well, it's, you know, it's all I can do really. Obviously your manager in the
2: lead-up to this game asked for togetherness, for positivity in the stadium, the performance today and the one on Monday against uh, Liverpool. Is that giving them something that they can really buy into now for the run-in?
5: Yeah, I think Liverpool was, you know, um, we performed well. Um, The work rate was there. I think the work rate's always there, Um, but when you're at home, you know, you want to try and get three points. It's important, especially at this time of the season, to get three points at home and build on it. Um, So now we've had two good performances. We want to build on that going into next weekend. Just finally, you mentioned your dad, who very nearly joined West Ham when you were just before you were born. Have you seen him yet? How proud will he be today? I saw, my, I saw my old man, my brother and my best mate are down here. Um, so I was trying to find them before the game. I couldn't see them. I just saw them now. My dad was, you know, jumping up and down and my brother and my mate. So, you know, it'd be nice to enjoy it with them tonight as well.
4: let it from Michael Arteta now. Uh, obviously, mixed bag of emotions uh, midweek for him. Uh, did what they needed to do in the FA Cup uh, to progress to the next round, but at a cost as well. Uh, injury concern could well be long term for Lucas Torreira. Mikael Arteta, latest update, please.
3: It was tough in the first uh, 15 20 minutes. Uh, they throw everything at you the moment you start to lose the duels, the first ball, the second long ball, and allowed crosses in the box is always dangerous. Beautiful atmosphere. Um, I played here when I was, and I tried to tell them that it was going to be really difficult after when we got control of the game and we started to do the right things, uh, which go to, I wish you score more. Does it make up for Olympiacos? Sorry? Does it make up for Olympiacos? It doesn't make up because disappointment and and the hurt is still there. But uh, we have to move on. We had to move on today. I picked the players that I thought they were the best uh, in the evening to put the energy that this game required. And they responded really well.
4: What about the Torreira injury? How bad is it?
3: He was in a lot of pain, he's in a brace, Uh, he will get assessed tomorrow and we'll know more after that.
4: Two goals in two games for Eddie, what's that going to do for him?
3: uh, He's got that, every time he's got an an eye for goals, he's always in the box, he's always in the right moment and uh, keep going. What
4: about Pablo's debut?
3: I'm really pleased with him. Um, In a tough play like this, I think he responded really, really well. He was steady, he was calm, he was comfortable on the ball. Very pleased with him.
4: And you're into the quarterfinals. How important now is the FA Cup?
3: Very important. It's always been. It's always been a big uh, relation between that competition and our club. And uh, hopefully we can create some beautiful moments.
0: There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcast at dubaii 1038com